excuse me, with the Super Bowl in the books now, it is certainly time to go full speed ahead on the offseason and take a stock of where every team is and begin that process of roster evaluation and free agency, the draft. But I wanted to spend a little time to start with the changes that have made. We've gone into detail about all the coaching changes in the NFL and breaking it down for you at LandryFootball.com. So make sure that you take that out. But we're going to talk a little bit, kind of grade and assess the more impressive. Uh, we'll rank them, really, quite frankly, in order of ones we're most confident in uh, of the eight new coaching hires in the NFL. That is the topic on today's Landry Football Podcast. A reminder to subscribe, like, and share for free the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Also, a reminder, you can get more detailed breakdowns of the college game, the pro game, at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of our scouting season offer. It's the best deal that we've got going. It, it gives you college and NFL breakdowns from a playing, coaching, scouting, front office perspective. LandryFootball.com is where you want to go, where you want to be for the best football information and analysis on the college and pro game. And the scouting season sale gives you 50% off. So it's less than $10 a month if you try it out for a month. And if you take advantage of the six-month offer, it's cheaper than that. The 12-month package is the cheapest package. And here's what you get. You not only get free agency, the draft, recruiting, transfer portal, but you get all next football season. LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. If you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. The coaching moves and hires and kind of the rankings of how we see them is what we're going to talk about. And, look, I got to start with probably what a lot of people, <clears throat> even the lay people, you know, think in this sexy move and the hot move is not necessarily – um, the best moves in most cases. But I think in this case, Jim Harbaugh, the Chargers, um, he's a winner. And he builds teams as good as anybody. And it's all he does everywhere he's been. I mean, he did it at the FCS level. He did it at the at San Diego, University of San Diego. He did it uh, at Michigan. He did it with the Chargers, I mean, with the um, the 49ers. Guy's a big-time winner. Few coaches have won as consistently, as reliably as Harbaugh across two decades. Look, not making a case the greatest of all time on any level, but, but if you think about it, the coaches that have tried college football that have maybe been in the NFL didn't work. Guys who were really good in college tried the NFL didn't really work. You're talking about a guy that has been good at the lower level of college football, the higher level of college football, and the NFL. I mean, what I mean, you just I think you can look and say, quirky, maybe difficult to deal with, maybe he wears on you over time. All of that's fair. All that's fair game. But what is not accurate or fair is to say this guy is anything but a great coach. This guy has proven it time and time again. He got a strong identity. It's real with Harbaugh. He's carved out a clear identity for his teams no matter where he's been. That identity has been essentially at the same three stops. Uh, 
and and I forgot to mention, I, I don't know why, gosh, it just brain dead. I, I keep mentioning Michigan. Look at the turnaround at Stanford. Maybe the most impressive thing that he's done of all of them. Um, San Diego, University of San Diego, Stanford, building that program from nothing <clears throat> to Michigan, taking it to where even where uh, with less resources and less commitment football-wise financially than their counterpart, Ohio State, getting that turnaround where they flip the script on, on the Buckeyes. And then, of course, the Niners taking them to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> he wants to run the football, unlock the play-action passing game, play hard, play physical defensive football, old timely football philosophy. But he finds a way to adapt to the modern game whether it's the pistol run game with Colin Kaepernick or the new age simulated pressure with Mike McDonald that he had at Michigan and now who's the head coach of Seattle and Jesse Minter calling plays at Michigan. Halbar has generally done well to build out his staff. Um, Greg Roman's coming back with him. He hired David Shaw and Pep Hamilton and Vic Fangio in the past. Um, Roman and Fangio followed him to, to San Francisco. Both had great success. Uh, Jesse Minter is going to be his defensive coordinator. Greg Roman is offensive coordinator. Even at Michigan, Harbaugh did well, especially on defense. He sought out Don Brown to run his defense early. When he tired of the blitz-heavy approach, as good as it was, he plucked McDonald from his brother's staff and handed the keys to Minter years later. Uh, McDonald's now a head coach. Minter is following Harbaugh with him. Lastly, Harbaugh has a quarterback on par with the best one he's ever coached, Andrew Luck. Justin Herbert isn't the unhinged madman luck was at times. He has the pocket presence, the processing, the arm talent, and he made luck great. It was a big part of that. He will make Justin Herbert. He will unleash him. He's already talented. He may make him as good a quarterback as there is in the league. I think an unbelievable amount of faith in Harbaugh's ability to get the most out of Herbert, the same way he's done with every other quarterback he's worked with. Uh, Love them, and certainly if there's anybody that can challenge Kansas City, it's this team. Now, they've got a roster issue. It may take a little time to rebuild it because they're going to have to restructure from a cap standpoint uh, to adjust things. Um, Mike McDonald, the Seahawks, he's really good. Um, if you look at McDonald, he didn't revolutionize anything. His defenses are characterized by split field coverages, well-timed simulated pressures, good tackling. The first two pillars are where modern defensive football is heading anyway. He didn't force this shift. He's good at using those tools. He teaches and calls the defense very well. It's one thing to put the X's and O's on the chalkboard in the right spots, but it's another thing to communicate it that well to your player and call plays in the right moment. With McDonald's Ravens the past two seasons, it was abundantly clear those players locked in on what McDonald sold them. Everyone plays fast, rarely misses assignment, flies to the ball. It's the same stuff that enamored everyone with D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco, and it carried over well to Houston. If you need proof, consider all the players who have been the best version of themselves under McDonald. Roquan Smith fully blossomed. Um, Patrick Queen fully played his best ball. Justin Matabuke became one of the league's most explosive defensive tackle. Jadavian Clowney, a mercenary pass rusher, cleared nine sacks for the second time since 2018 because of how McDonald deployed him. Even Kyle Van Noy, who all but faded out with the Chargers, was a critical piece of the Baltimore's lockdown defense. 
McDonald got quality play from nickel corner Arthur Mullet off the street. He has the goods. He's a play caller. He's very, very good. He's adaptive as a teacher. He gets his points across. Very, very good. Raheem, Raheem Morris. Um, <clears throat> I think he's learned a lot from his first hire. Um, 47. He's got uh, more than 20 years of experience at 47, which is very good. He's coached on both sides of the ball. He's primarily been a secondary coach and a defensive play caller, but he was uh, on the Falcons offensive staff from 16 to, to 19, working with Shanahan. He briefly served as interim head coach at the end of the following season. He's been a head coach before. He took over the Bucks at 33. His tenure didn't go well, but some of that balls down to quarterback instability. And immaturity on his part or inexperience on his part. The degree of success at his last stop isn't what matters. What matters, he knows what it means to be a head coach. He's been in the seat before. He can manage a locker room, build a staff. Um, he's plenty qualified just off of how he did as the Rams defensive coordinator. He took over for Staley in 21, and he was expected to run much of the same stuff for continuity's sake. At first, he did just that. But he soon realized that impersonating another coordinator wasn't working. He came up with new and creative answers, particularly up front, and made the most of a defensive roster that atrophied significantly after the team's Super Bowl run. Um, people will fixate on the failure at Tampa, but he, you, you never stay the same as a player or a coach. You either get better or you get worse. How much better has he gotten? I think – a pretty good amount. An intriguing hire was Dave Canales of the Panthers. Um, every coach falls into some category, play callers, CEOs, players, coach, teachers, so on. Um, Dave Canales is a teacher, a longtime Pete Carroll disciple in Seattle. He served as quarterback coach in 22, uh, then left to call plays for the first time in Tampa. <coughs> Pardon me, if you recall, Canales' quarterback in those seasons were cast off, who surged to career years. Geno Smith took over as a Seahawks quarterback in 22. Um, never before had Smith looked so poised in the pocket, so sharp in reading the field, so accurate to every level. He looked like a top 12 quarterback after years of being an afterthought as a backup. This season, Canales helped Baker Mayfield undergo a similar transformation. Most of Mayfield's post-rookie career was defined by a shaky pocket presence, a lack of rhythm to anything he did in the passing game, Though still imperfect, those flaws largely fell away with the Bucks in 23. Mayfield was as poised as he's ever been in the pocket. He was gripping it and ripping it down the field. Now the players deserve credit for those transformation, but there's something that Canales brings to the quarterback room as a teacher. The heightened level of poise in the pocket and confidence, even arrogance, is what he plays to and teaches and cultivates. Players play faster and more confidently when they know something has been taught and communicated well, and that's what he does. So uh, we'll see how he does as a head coach leading an entire organization. But I think he has a lot of qualities. Gerard Mayo, the Patriots. Um, Mayo, Mayo has uh, not a lot of experience as an NFL coach. He's only been coaching since 2019. He's been the Patriots inside linebacker coach the entire time. Um, He's from the Bill Belichick tree, um, which tells you that New England liked a lot of what Bill Belichick was doing, but they wanted, I think, in the case of Jonathan Kraft, wanted to be more involved in the decision-making of the team in its roster. Um, 
Terod is highly intelligent, good demeanor as a player and as a coach, sharp level-headed, not a big ego, um, team first. He's been, as I mentioned, the linebacker coach there since 19. Um, I think a guy like Juwan Bentley's improved. I think, um, you know, uh, Jahani uh, Tavai was nobody before blo uh, blossoming into a quality starter. Um, we'll see uh, how well he'll do. He's uh, born and raised in the Belichick tree. I think, ironically, they're trying to keep a lot of what has been done there, which is all the more reason why you wonder why they didn't uh, look at things. Uh, I know they did look at it, but why they didn't decide to just keep Bill. But there's bigger issues there. I think with what they're hoping is that Mayo can be is be a good coach, but again, they can do things a little differently as an organization. Uh, Brian Callahan, one of the choir, quieter hires, had some buzz and never expected to be one of the premier candidates. He bounced around the league for a while as an offensive coach, spent the last four years as the Bengals' offensive coordinator, but not their play caller. Um, Callahan was a coordinator under Zach Taylor. And so, you know, Joe Burrow is – a lot of reason for the success for Zach and um, Brian. Uh, I did think that Callahan's offenses show impressive growth in the past two seasons. His strength is teaching of the run game. In 22, they shifted more to a quick passing game, expanded their run game, which is, again, his strength, and he learned that from his dad, Bill, who's one of the best run game teachers we have seen in the past 20 years in football. In 23, the Bengals shifted again, trying to make more of an under-center approach. Burrow's bum ankle. <clears throat> I think it's the versatility, creativity is what impresses me the most. Um, he's bringing in his dad, Bill Callahan, the coach of the offensive line. He's one of the more respected offensive line coaches. And, you know, it's, they need to give an edge to an offense that's lost uh, its edge at this point. I, um. Got some questions. I don't think that they upgraded from Mike Vrabel as a leader, as a head coach. And I think this is, again, more about front office movement. And I, I hope that Brian can be successful. My sense is they'll be probably looking at a coaching move in four to five years as well. Dan Quinn, Washington. Um, if you look at the job that he did in Atlanta, Dan, a lot better than people thought. He hired well. He hired Kyle Shanahan. He hired Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, for defensive coach and a leader, he's very good. Great guy. People like him. People play hard for him. You know, he's. It, it's amazing. You do a great job building a program, and you lose a Super Bowl, and you, you've got a front office that's not necessarily doing nearly as good a job as you're doing as a coach, and you get run out of the door. That's life in the NFL as a coach. He's thought of as a largely rush for single high defensive mind. He's got simplicity. I think you can question, if anything, how his defenses were not good against the run in Dallas. Um, but he was very creative. He had more intriguing blitz packages. We'll see how things play out here. It's really not about how he calls defenses as he's going to move towards getting somebody to help him there, it's how will the well will this offense be? 
Um, and how will he be as a head coach? And the culture. I think the culture is fine. The culture will be fine. I think it's about fixing the quarterback position. And I think defensively they're figuring some things out. But I do believe he's creative enough to fix some of the issues that, uh, you know, got him in a little bit of trouble in the playoffs at Dallas this year. But all in all, it was the strength of that coaching staff in Dallas for for the past uh, two three years. Antonio Pierce of the Raiders is um, look. It's it's hard to read this. Um, there's so little to go off of, and yet he was. Uh, we absolutely want him to be our coach. That's great. It's fine that the players like him, and he's an ex-player. We don't know how good of a coach he is. Uh, they know there's no doubt that the the locker room responded better when he took over for Josh McDaniels. Doesn't make him the right head coach. Um, it just means he was better than the previous guy did. Um, it connects with players. You've got Devontae Adams and Max Crosby that strong advocates for him. In fact, almost defiant. If he didn't get the job, we won out. Energy level was higher on the field, coming out of the locker room. Um, other than that, I just don't know. Um, the ability to build a staff, the ability to coach long term, the ability to make adjustments. Uh, he's not a strong X's and O guy. He's never been an offensive or defensive play caller. He's got only two years of NFL coaching service. To me, it's a, a lacking experience um, that would concern me here. How does he deal with head coaching issues that he hasn't had to deal with? Don't tell me about, well, he was an interim this year, did a good that has nothing to do with what, how he's going to have to deal with an entire team in the offseason and an entire season. So uh, I want him to do well, but I've got probably more questions about him than anybody because a lot of guys look well early on and then just, just don't really have the experience level to make it work. This is the NFL. This is the highest of the highs, and we're seeing more and more in these coaching hires. Um front offices that are doing what we call protecting the office, which is they want guys that they can control, that they can have more power. They don't want to give up power to a head coach. And what ends up happening is you have, you know, guys in the front office that have the owner's ear that talk about how good, the players are that they acquired and how bad the coach is doing getting it out of them. And it's very often inaccurate. Uh, what it really comes down to is guys are protecting their positions in the organization. <clears throat> and to me, the best organizations are ones that empower their head coach and everyone takes leadership and ownership from the head coach. Um, and I think that's the reason why we've had some of these hires that quite frankly, uh, have a lot to be desired. Uh, a reminder again: you can more detail get more detailed breakdowns uh, in the world of football, college football, NFL at LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. Uh, take advantage of our scouting season offer that we've got. It's the best deal that we have going. So check it out. You can try it out for a month. You can try it out for six months. But our scouting season sale is the best deal that we have going. So check it out. Also a reminder to subscribe, like, and share. 
the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts.